0: Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Dynasty Spin Doctors. I'm your host, Chris Pang, along with my co-host, Salo Landano. How are you doing, Solo? Doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing great. We've got awesome. We've got another fun episode tonight. Um, we did a mock startup draft, uh, first six uh, rounds of that, and uh, we're going to discuss it tonight. Discuss some strategies. Um, i i thought it was pretty fun i don't know about you we grabbed some people from some of our leagues and uh we had a blast doing it especially right after the uh um you know right after the season ends and i think uh you know now's a good time people are getting that itch to kind of do some startups and whatnot um i know you said you've already participated in one Uh so we figured this would be a good time to kind of discuss what it looks like in a startup, especially in a, a super flex tight end premium league. Uh, so we did that today and, uh, we're going to discuss it.
1: Yeah, man. I, uh, I did participate in a startup recently, just ended a few days ago. And I know at least as far as, uh, it, it feels like everybody, uh, is trying to jump into a startup right now. It's just, everybody's getting the itch mm-hmm. and, um, uh, obviously, as we said last time, you know, if we can, and, and the only reason I I did do that startup was because it was somebody who was a friend on Twitter who asked me to join, you know, uh, and, and, I, and so I did, you know, and, and otherwise, I don't think I would have, you know, reached out and, and found a startup that was starting because it's not my preference to do so uh-huh. this early. <clears throat> Yeah. But with that said, you know, I know a lot of people are uh, disregarding that, uh, that advice and doing it anyway. So we figured, you know, we, we'll do a mock draft to see where players ADP uh, feels like right now. I know that that's probably going to change and will change in the, in the next few months. And, uh, but at least for the time being, we can, we can tell you a little bit about uh, where players are and, and why. And uh, maybe some value that you can find in some of these drafts.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned it perfectly, you know, if, if we had to kind of choose to when to do a startup, um, us in the podcast, we, uh, prefer usually right after that free agent deadline. So, um, I believe this year it's, um, you need to get an offer on the table by April 23rd and then, uh, you need to make sure that that's in by April 28th. So, you know, that, that's that perfect time, I think, for us, especially because that's where you know where all the dice land and uh, who's on what team, and it kind of makes it a little easier to navigate.
1: Yeah, if not if not at the end, then definitely after the first few weeks of, of when it opens because a lot of the big... Signings will happen um, right away, uh-huh. right? And and uh, and so so you know, give it at least a few weeks after the and that I believe is in the middle of March. Uh-huh. Um, so you're talking about you know, uh, end of March as um, a good time to start and doing your startups and be able to have a decent idea of where everybody has landed. So Absolutely. except the rookies, of course.
0: Yeah. So uh, this this league, just to kind of give some. Uh, um, Insight into how we uh, did the league and how we told everyone to do the draft uh, we, we set it for uh, superflex tight end premium. Uh, it's a half PPR league and uh, t- uh, Touchdowns for QBs. We set it in the middle. We set it at five. So, uh, you know, usually it's four or six uh, We set it at five just to kind of throw a little wrench in things Uh, so with that, let's get into it. We're going to talk a little bit, we're going to briefly go over all the picks. We're not going to really dive into the players. We're just going to take a top level look at strategies where close are and, uh, you know, where, where you can kind of find yourself in a potential, uh, hiccup for your draft. Uh, so I'll start us off round one, pick one Oh one Christian McCaffrey went off the board round or one Oh two. We've got Patrick Mahomes, 103, we've got Alvin Kamara, 104, we've got Josh Allen, 105, Jonathan Taylor, 106, Kyler Murray, 107, Derek Henry, 108, Dalvin Cook, 109, Saquon Barkley, 110, Deshaun Watson, 111, Devontae Adams, and 112, Justin Jefferson. I think this is pretty straightforward this is I, I think one thing that's very interesting in this is you've got Jonathan Taylor who's climbing climbing very fast
1: Yeah, I think with Justin it, it,
0: Jefferson
1: I think it would, it, it's in most drafts you won't find Jonathan Taylor above Saquon quite mm-hmm. just yet I think um, most people would still rather have Saquon than, than JT um, and, 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 and having Kamara that high is, is actually you know you know fairly unusual as well mm-hmm. you know above the saquon above jt yeah. uh, i figured jt and kamara are about the same level i would say um mm-hmm. but you know and and what you've what you've we've we've seen in some of the mock other mock drafts that i've been watching people do is that uh very rarely do you see a wide receiver crack this top 12.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um and if it and if it, if you do see it it's either Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, or DK Metcalf. You know, one of the three will usually crack it. Um, Normally, it's Devontae Adams, Mm -hmm. uh, but there's a lot of Justin Jefferson fever now, and as you saw, he was a second wide receiver off the board. Um, So that's the level that people are starting to get, uh, accepting the switch, the shift over to wide receiver. It's, It's right at the end of the first round. Yeah. Um after the sort of the stop six why uh, running backs are off the board.
0: Mm-hmm. So And one thing I do wanna mention is this draft did start before the announcement that Drew Brees is looking at retirement. So uh that's probably a good indication on why Alvin Kamara was taken so early. Um mm. but I think uh, it's, you
1: kind of, kind of made this the assumption. Um, yeah, you definitely. Know, it, it, it's not at a left field that he's announced retirement.
0: So. Yeah. All right, what do we got for the second round?
1: Yeah, so we start a uh, second round with DK Metcalf at 201, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at 202, uh, and then three quarterbacks back-to-back. So Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson, uh, followed by Ezekiel Elliott at 206, Dak Prescott at 207, Tyreek Hill at 208, Joe Burrow at 209, Baker Mayfield at 210, DeAndre Swift at 211, and Nick Chubb at 212. Uh-huh. Um, I think you know this caps off. You know the this the second round sort of caps off uh, what I think is the main theme of these first two rounds that I've seen in in most mock drafts is that a lot of quarterbacks are being taken. I think people Uh have uh, readjusted from from, uh, years past and have felt like they really want to have one of these top quarterbacks that are young Uh now uh, for for years to come. Uh, Now that some of these quarterbacks have become more established, these sort of second- and third-year quarterbacks that we're we're seeing in the league now sort of have elite numbers, like Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson, Pat Mahomes, now Justin Herbert joins that crew along with Lamar Jackson. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so so and, and, and Joe Burrow, uh, obviously somebody that th- there's a lot of hope that he will join that that league of elite young quarterbacks. Um, and, and then capping off with Baker Mayfield sort of making his uh, resurgence into fantasy relevance mm-hmm. after you know really being. Uh, having his stock drop pretty significantly in, in 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 the past, you know, he's really made a comeback. Yeah. So, uh, but but what do we have? We have four, six, nine, ten quarterbacks taken in the first twenty-four picks.
0: Yeah, and that's um, uh, that's not uh, too uncommon, especially in once you start getting in that five-six range for touchdowns, uh, you're gonna see that QBs tend to go very fast and you know there's a lot of teams out there um i myself included that have uh, (laughs) some ptsd of teams where uh qbs were neglected and uh it is hard to buy a a qb so Mm -hmm. uh, yeah i think i think that's what
1: it is you're right it's it's so tough to buy it these days that there are so many injuries this year uh, so much uncertainty that the, the the certainty of having a young elite quarterback is that value is is, is premium
0: right now. Yeah, so. and one thing I would like to bring up because you know it's interesting, like you said, uh, it's weird that it's shifted from wide receivers being taken right away i remember you know 2016 2017 that time frame where obj was you know one of the 101 yeah 101 uh gone are those days and it seems like uh you know a lot of teams want that kind of win now mentality and so they they grab a stud running back um or QB right off the bat and, uh, you know, take their chances at wide receiver a little bit later.
1: Yeah. I think it really, you know, honestly, you, you, you want to be my, my advice for people in startups is not to make a decision on what kind of strategy you're going to use until at the very least, until you know what position you're drafting from, Mm -hmm. because, you know you're if you're if you're drafting on the 111 you know you're 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 likely gonna miss on a lot of those uh and certainly and most likely the top five running backs right Hmm. um so if you if you're one of those guys that likes to get those stud running backs uh so you can go and win a championship on year one um then uh then you, you you're gonna have to um, lose some value in order to do that right in order to like move up the first round or, or something or do something like that or, or try to like double up with like stud running backs at the end of the first and and beginning of the second like take a like a clyde and chubb or oh. something like that um to, to counter that that uh the point being that you know if, if you're if you're if you're drafting at the you're going to have different strategies and the, which strategy are available to you really depends on where you're drafting from. And mm-hmm. if you force it, if you force it, you're going to lose value. Yeah. So that's my advice.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, don't be so sure of you know something that you're not willing to take a better deal. So, you know, if someone falls to you, that's, uh, more value than what you were expecting, go for it. Best player available. Uh, so yep. with that let's dive into the third round uh at the 301 we've got jk dobbins at three two we've got cam Akers. three three we've got josh jacobs three four we've got michael thomas three five stefan Diggs, three six deandre hopkins three seven aaron Rodgers. three eight aj brown three nine travis kelsey three ten miles sanders three eleven calvin ridley and three twelve george kittle so we got our first two tight ends off the board in the third round. Do you do you feel like that's a little late at the back end of the third round, or you know is that what <laughs> it, you're expecting?
1: No, no, and I'll tell you why. I don't think it's. I mean, I think it's normal. Is mm-hmm. what I think. It's it's maybe the bottom, like the late third round, is a bit more unusual, but the third mm-hmm. round is not. Yeah. You know, I've seen I've seen uh, these guys fall into the third round because I think when when people are going for tight ends, they are hoping for, um, like, if Travis Kelsey was younger, I think he would start being taken in the, you know, late first to second round. Uh-huh. You know, like, if you can produce the type of numbers that, that Kelsey produces, but people people are worried about his age, right? So that's why he, you know, drops to the third round. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and And everybody else is obviously behind him. So, uh, you know, Kittle being the only person that the – only, the only tight end that people sometimes will take over Kelsey, you know, in, in Dynasty. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, but but, but I, I don't think people can justify taking – going going as far as, as taking Kittle in the second these days uh-huh. um, uh, with, the, with the fact that, that they can wait a little bit longer, which is what I've seen a lot of people do, is, is wait a little bit longer and try to get some of these younger uh, tight ends. Like T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fant and mm-hmm. Mike Misiki, Um a little bit later, and sort of uh, lose a little bit of, of, of production at the tight end position right now for some for some for the promise of having it come later for, for more years of production, mm-hmm. right? So it uh, depends on what your uh, your strategy is, obviously, but it doesn't surprise me that tight ends are, you know. People are waiting until the third round to take them, yeah. Um, but I think this is the, the the round that people really wanted to start taking a lot of wide receivers, though. Uh-huh. Uh, Definitely, I think that's what we saw.
0: Yeah. All right. What did, uh, I think there's the I'm looking at the board and I really don't see anything that's glaring. I think the only thing that maybe has some minor question marks around it is Michael Thomas. What's he gonna do next year? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but again, you know, we, we started before we had that information. <laughs> um, well,
1: I think, I think what, one thing we should do after we we go throughout all six rounds is is like so at least one of the things we should do is talk about the players in this on this list to have the biggest question marks around mm-hmm. them for next year, you know, um, and, 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 and look at, you know, the, that being the reason why they probably dropped that far. You know, I mean, Michael Thomas at 304 is certainly because of the uncertainty, you know, uh, and probably will drop further. Uh, So uh, maybe not in the, you know, the third round, but, you know, comparing, compare comparatively to where the other wide receivers are being taken, you know. So uh, uh, anyway, what I did, the last thing I would say about this round is, you know, along with the end of the second, it really caps off like uh, where a lot of these promising young running backs are being taken mm-hmm. like you see the swift i mean aside from jt who is now you know an elite you know top three top five you know dynasty running back asset um mm-hmm. you know the others right swift and dobbins and acres you know this is where they're being taken mm-hmm. so you know that's that's one thing that i would point out
0: yeah yeah it's it's definitely interesting, and this is where you're starting to see come uh, kind of some team strategies begin to form. You know, you've got um, two QBs and a wide receiver, two QBs and a running back, um, and we've got one team that went three running backs right in a row. And we'll kind of break that down more once we get past the sixth round. But uh, continue. Mm-hmm. What do we got in the fourth round?
1: Yeah, so the four, uh, fourth round starts with C.D. Lamb at 4.01, uh, Darren Waller at 4.02, David Montgomery at 4.03, Antonio Gibson 4.04, Austin Eckler at 4.05, Terry McLaurin at 4.06, Alan Robinson at 4.07, Aaron Jones at 4.08, Chris Godwin at 4.09, Brandon Ayuk at 4.10, Joe Mixon at 4.11, and Mark Andrews at 4.12. Uh-huh. Um, You know, we're now sort of at that place where we're at that spot where uh, after taking Aaron Rodgers, I think people are sort of done taking quarterbacks for a while. Uh Right. And sort of this sort of third and fourth round is sort of the pit. Where nobody wants to take, you know, who are you gonna? Th- nobody wants to take like Jared Goff or uh, Tua or you know Stafford or Tannehill mm-hmm. on, on on the third, on the fourth round.
0: And right? that's the weird part is you know we talked about it a little bit last episode. Um, Tannehill is a great kind of sneaky buy. Um, I think that if anything, and we're gonna see in this next round, um, there's some more QBs that go. But if anything, I would think he would be one of the few that starts off the next QB run, so to speak.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, what I, the, the, the thing about Tannehill is really that he, uh, um, that I was noticing when I was looking at his numbers, is that he he, he was really streaky in terms of, like, you um, did really did really well against uh, the teams that you thought he would do really well in, mm-hmm. uh, with. Uh, against, sorry. And uh, he maybe did not do so well against those teams that he, you, you you knew he, that he was going to struggle with. So, you know, he's somebody that um, maybe he's not a, a, you know, if you have sort of two um, QB2 uh, level quarterbacks on your team that you can sort of swap in and out um, and, and, and play, that would be ideal for yeah. somebody like Tannehill. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, he had some weird games. Like he actually had a higher score on Baltimore. Uh, than he did on um, Jacksonville, so you know there's some stuff that's kind of interesting. It's like what's going on with some of these matchups, and I agree, it's a little bit weird and fluky with him. Um, but let's uh, continue on. In the fifth round, we've got at the five one uh, T Higgins, uh, five two D J Moore, five three Jared Goff, uh, five four we've got Chase Clay Claypool, uh, five five. TJ Hawkinson, 5'6", Mike Evans, 5'7", Jalen Hurts, 5'8", Tua five 5'9", James Robinson, 5'10", Kareem Hunt, 5'11", Chris Carson, and 5'12", Ryan Tannehill.
1: Yeah, what are your, I mean, fairly what I thought would happen, happen mm-hmm. in this, this round. Yeah. Right, I mean, uh, and you
0: this is where I see the running backs kind of fall off of a cliff right here. Yeah, um, exactly. And there's a few, maybe one or two kind of diamonds in the rough at this point. Um, mm-hmm. We'll continue talking a little bit more, but uh, I just wanted to make mention that uh, right in this range, this is the running back cliff right here.
1: Yeah, this is the this is the round in which I think if you've if you've um, uh, uh won, if you've gone no RB up to this point, this fifth round is really where you you might want to pull the trigger on somebody like uh, James Robinson or Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. um, Chris Carson, before they're gone, and you, know, you get down to the level of, you know, Kenny and Drake, Melvin Gordon, Miles Gaskin, mm-hmm. right? The, uh, that that cliff alone I think is pretty pretty large. Uh, and then after that there's another cliff you know Uh so so not ideal to to uh not have a quarter a running back from uh from this group before this fall off this cliff so
0: definitely all right finish us off in the sixth round what do we got
1: 601 We have Keenan Allen, 602 Derek Carr, 603 Miles Gaskin, 604 Amari Cooper, 605 Noah Fant, 606 Kenny Galladay, 607 Melvin Gordon, 608 Matthew Stafford, 609 Kenyon Drake, 610 Jerry Judy, 611 Juju Smith Schuster, and 612 Deontay Johnson.
0: All right, and that rounds it off. Um, so yeah, this is uh, this was our sixth round mock draft for a startup. Um, there were some very interesting strategies that kind of went down, you know, there were some teams that went QBs early, um, quite a few, uh, I think. The, there were three that took went QBQB uh you were one of them and I was one of them <laughs> yes. um you went I think the... we
1: I think we agree on the sentiment that we shared earlier that yeah. it, it's, it's it's it pays off to to know that you're getting somebody for the next five six seven plus years you know
0: exactly so let's talk about that a little bit let's look at a team here we've got a couple teams that only have one QB and I kind of want to talk about their strategies here so let's take this first team that has one QB uh, they've got Christian McCaffrey Nick Chubb, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews T. Higgins and Deontay Johnson um, The I, I should correct myself they have zero QBs here but they uh we didn't stop it in time and they grabbed a QB in the next round. So my question here is, you know, this is he went with Daniel Jones. So I did want to kind of bring that up, but mm-hmm. um where do you see this team that has Daniel Jones as their one their QB one? Like well, I,
1: I see I see this guy as as, as you know Seeing that he got the one hundred and one, and deciding that he is gonna try to win this in the first year, mm-hmm. um, and and then go very sort of RB stud heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and, and what do we say in redraft? In redraft, we say you know, get those RBs, Definitely. and you know, and and, and, and then wait to the, to the later rounds for your quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's it's, it's so he's basically using a, a redraft strategy. Mm-hmm. um from from the 101 because he he has decided from that spot is it's a good spot to try to win the first year of the league and I don't disagree yeah um what well, well, I would have dis- I disagree with some of the decisions that he made uh later, but that's you know neither here nor there I think that that's what his strategy
0: was mm-hmm. so so let's move to the next one here um this one took their QB in the sixth round. we've got Jonathan Taylor. Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Aaron Jones, TJ Hawkinson, and then their QB one of Matt Stafford, um, you know, who's had some back issues lately. Um, Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts there? Like, does that concern you with a Matt Stafford as the QB one there? And knowing that the QB uh, cliff kind of falls off, I mean, um, just looking at QBs, the QBs left on the border, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, um, Kurt Cousins, Drew Locke, Sam Darnold. Uh, yeah. And we've got Drew Brees, who's retiring, and Ben Roethlisberger, Trubisky. Well,
1: I see it in the, it's, it's much in the same way that I saw the last guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, he took Jonathan Taylor. And, I mean, he could have taken a quarterback for a sort of later value, for longer value. Instead, he took Jonathan Taylor and took Tyree Hill in the second round uh Diggs in the third so he's taking all these guys that are really hot right now uh-huh. that you, you don't know how long Aaron Jones has in the tank but he took him in the fourth round and he's got a, a, you know a killer you know combo in the way that I see it you know Jonathan Taylor Aaron Jones and then Tyree Hill and Stefan Diggs you know I think Power Mark has a great team the guy who who, who drafted uh, that team has a great team for trying to go for a win now at least a great start in these first six rounds for a win now team Uh um i assume that here in the seventh round you'd take somebody like as you say like Kirk cousins or a, um or even a tom brady Uh right right here and, and 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 frankly have probably the strongest win now team of all the teams um, so far because he has a better quarterback situation than the other team the last yeah. team that we talked yeah, about yeah he he's
0: very well rounded. The the biggest very. concern is the question marks surrounding Aaron Jones and that you know, that is a big question mark. Is he sure. in Green Bay still? Does he find a nice landing spot? You know, where is that landing spot? What does it look like for him? Who knows? Maybe he gets in committee purgatory in San Francisco or something. <laughs> You know, right. not saying that he goes there, uh, but, you know, it, it really is up in the air, uh, and it'll be interesting, and that's one that I'm monitoring, like, very heavily.
1: Right. But, me, you know, me personally, I've been talking more about generally the strategy that these guys went with, right, and waiting mm-hmm. for the quarterback for later. I think most of them had that strategy of trying to go for a win now, and if they didn't, then they're just making a mistake you know the way that i see it right i mean uh taking a quarterback in the first round i think just kind of gives you more flexibility mm-hmm. more uh, sort of ability to build a team sort of frankly delay the decision mm-hmm. you know to a later round because yeah. picking up pat mahomes frankly the guy that took christian mccraffrey with the 101 he could have taken pat mahomes with the 101 and that and and still and gone still for a team. and still gone for a win now team you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, I think you know he didn't need to do that. Yeah. Um, it allowed you know the guy with the 102 to get Pat Mahomes and, and have a really strong team himself. You know yeah. because so. Um,
0: but I think that's... one of the things that was smart about it that um, you know Christian McCaffrey he's he's in his next contract he's he's got he he is set for a while he's only 24. Him along with Jonathan Taylor, I think that's where if you're going to go running back early, you want to make sure that you have that youth so that you're not just losing them in a year or two. Same thing with Saquon Barkley, you know. Uh, Saquon Barkley's 23. Um, Dalvin Cook's 25. Once you get to 26, that's where people, you know, that's where the wheels start to fall off, potentially due to some tread and... Uh, usage depending on how banged up they are um and you know it that's where that depreciation kind of kicks in so i think uh if you're gonna go running back in the first round you definitely want to go with that youth right Um. so we've got two other teams here um this one's a little interesting we've got Devontae Adams, Clyde edwards alaire Calvin Ridley, Darren Waller, Chris Carson, and Derek Carr. Again, that's one of the ones that had single QB.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, I, you know this team I like I like a lot less to me. Mm-hmm. It just it looks like a team without an identity. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, you know th- I, I don't I don't dislike the fact that he has you know the wide receiver one. Um, I just uh, believe if you're going to take Devontae Adams and then uh, continue to skip taking a quarterback, then I would have sort of gone uh, um, further in to like older people uh-huh. and to like people that for the value because in, dy- in a dynasty startup, uh, older players who pro- st- are still producing at an elite level but you know have question marks um, fall on the board and that's value that you can take if you're trying to do a win if you're if you if you've decided that you're going to do a win now strategy then then just go all in you know and and then mm-hmm. wait for those older players to to fall to you um and, and and you can just accumulate value that way alone um whereas if you're doing the other way around with rookies you're losing a lot of value by mm-hmm. having to move up to take these rookies um before other people do you yeah. know, so this is a trade-off.
0: Yeah, and I think this last team that went single QB kind of um, followed your strategy as well. You know, went very heavy on solid young wide receivers. Um, and they went Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, George Kittle, CD Lamb, Ryan Tannehill, and Keenan Allen. I think that's a good zero RB kind of approach. <laughs> and you can take... Pieces that you've got with these solid wide receivers, and you've you've even done that in the league. And you take that. Hey, I've got a bunch of wide receivers here. Uh, let me flip one or two for uh, some solid running backs. And um, you know that. Can oh yeah. I love
1: that. I mean, I highly recommend that. that and and you know, we'll talk more about that soon. But you know, our personal you know favorite uh, strategy. You know, um, if we have a choice, you know what what do we like to do, uh-huh. right? Um, I unless I'm, you know, I I'll save it for later. But unless I I am drafting from a position where I know I can go for a win now, team. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I'm really gonna rely on building a a, a solid base of uh, young to mid age, you know, elite. Wide receivers, because in my opinion, once that elite wide receiver production falls off, then you get into this like sea of like wide receiver threes. Yeah. You know, there's like it feels like there's like 50 wide receiver threes, uh-huh. and you never know which one is going to go off in which week. You know, and that's not what you want, right? Yeah. What you you want those people to be that get down on your flex, in my opinion, uh-huh. right? You yeah. don't want these to be your wide receiver one or two or even three. And one of the that's big... my opinion.
0: One of the big names that kind of had that happen to him this year uh, is OBJ, which we talked about. You know, OBJ, due to the injuries and everything else, has dropped significantly in the eyes of the community. Uh, I'm looking at the board and no one dared grab OBJ. We joked about it, we talked about it in, in the mock draft, um, but you're seeing a lot of these guys that... Still have that wide receiver one potential that just kind of fall off a cliff. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. Whether whether it's situation or uh, you know just the 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 the, the production falls off uh, because of quarterback uh, uh, you know play or whatever you know it, 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 it's it's so hard to have um, you know whereas you know as a running back you're you're reliant on your uh opportunity and like your o-line or something like that Mm -hmm. and sort of the overall offense um as a as a wide receiver you're really reliant on your quarterback you know uh if you don't have a good quarterback here it's going to be really tough for you to to be an elite wide receiver right so uh it's 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 something that that i think is is really as i said once those top wide receiver one two fall off like in my ideal world i have three wide receiver wide receivers within the top 20 top 24 uh-huh. wide receivers okay once i get that then i go about building the rest of my team because i can then later make a decision okay if i've already got this infrastructure of my team of, of young quarterbacks of young wide receivers a, a serviceable tight end um, now let's go and let's go and get those those stud running backs that i can win a championship with you know and Mm -hmm. if that means trading some of this wide receiver depth that i built you know some of these wide receivers so like i said some of these wide receiver threes that 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 i that i'd like to trade um a perfect example is is a trade that i just did in a league where i just uh, uh took somebody that has a lot of uh like if you look at the stat line, has a really flashy stat line, mm-hmm. um, but but if you but if you actually owned him and played him this year, you felt really um, damaged by playing by by putting him in your lineup a lot of a lot of uh, weeks, which is Tyler Lockett, right? Oh. If you look at if you look at Tyler Lockett, he has just like I, I, I can't let's bring up where
0: Tyler yeah. Lockett finished. Tyler Lockett finished as a wide receiver one wide receiver 8 in PPR, right? But that's
1: because in in one game he had 37 points. Yeah. In the other game he had uh, you know 22 points and then oh. he has games where he has 5 points and 8 points and 5 points and 7 points and 7 points and that just that's not what you want out of somebody that you're playing in one of those, you know, top 2, 3 wide receiver spots. And if that's what you have, then I'm always going to try to use that value and that perceived value of somebody who's oh a wide receiver one but he's really not mm-hmm. right um and, and, and use that as a bargaining chip to go get, to go and get that stud yeah. running back
0: and right one, one thing that uh we can attribute that to too is uh you know the the let russ cook movement kind of faded off part way into the year and we saw that strongly and I think that was uh, very unfortunate. You know, he had a very strong beginning of the year, Russell Wilson, and uh, I think that's where majority of his really good games were scored. So, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Very
1: uh, inconsistent. Yeah, I mean, I'm personally kind of off of all Seahawks uh, moving mm-hmm. forward. I mean, I've I'm actually trying to. Use the value of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett um, in all of my leagues, uh, and Russell Wilson as well in all of my leagues that I that I'm in right now to try to flip for 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 pieces that I actually want and believe in because I don't believe in these guys at the value that they're that they're still being billed at mm-hmm. right now, especially uh, Metcalf. Okay, like I, I, I get it; he's a stud wide receiver. But if if what's what I perceive being the future of the Seahawks is going to be then then i i I just want out okay if this is going to turn into a much run heavier team and they're and and they're really going to slow russell wilson down then i don't want to have anything to do with that Mm -hmm. offense right so uh, because the value is just going to drop i mean regardless of whether they are winning or not i think the value of owning Metcalf and 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 russell wilson is going to drop so uh i agree
0: so let's talk about this a little bit. I'm going to um, just bring up some names for this running back, Cliff. Uh, the very last running back that was taken was Kenyon Drake. Before him was Melvin Gordon, and then before him was Miles Gaskin. Um, so we've got Zach Moss still available, uh, A.J. Dillon, James Conner, Ronald Jones, and... Um, I guess we could say Leonard Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, David Johnson, who um, is another sneaky buy for those that are uh, looking for some trade advice. He had a really great end of the season, so if you're if you're looking, he looked like David Johnson of old. So if you're looking for a cheap buy for a running back, highly recommend that. Um, yeah. And then you've got Todd Gurley and. Damian Harris, Lev Bell, uh, you know, Naeem Hines, and uh, Tony Pollard, and it just kind of falls off even more.
1: Yeah. Is I there... think that this is the level where, like, if you're gone zero RB, uh-huh. you're really hoping that the other teams start taking wide receivers now so that these they can have your choice of these running backs, right? Uh-huh. Um, like, I took... you know after i took two quarterbacks back to back and then three wide receivers um so that i could have like i told you three top 20 wide receivers Mm -hmm. uh, then i'm gonna go and get a couple of like serviceable running backs that i can like plug in and get some production out of um and if i get lucky like my team is is can be a contender right but if i don't then I, i can then make a move for running back and try to make a push to be a contender right um yeah it's going into the season with Mel- melvin gordon and let's say you know if i picked up um uh what, what were the running backs that were available i think there was one that i had not specifically in mind on picking up
0: um aj Dillon, maybe no
1: i'm not really david johnson no. David Johnson was Naeem later.
0: Naeem Hines.
1: I was, those are guys that are later, like at the very oh, top. Oh, Zach are,
0: Moss. No. Uh, no. Ronald, Ronald Jones, Leonard post. Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn, Todd Gurley. I think, I think
1: it was like... Uh, Damien Harris. Leonard, Leonard Fournette or somebody like that. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, that, that, yeah. That I was going to pick up as, as my RB2. Is The point being that then you just take up a shot on a few mm-hmm. running backs, you know, like... Gordon, Fournette, Naheem Hines, um, those are some guys that I, I I like to take a shot in. Uh, David Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. Those four guys are some some guys that if I was going, you know, with the strategy that I did go with this time around of like waiting until the sixth round or later to mm-hmm. pick up a running back, those are the guys I'm targeting. You know, the guys that I that are still the running back one or one B.
0: Yeah. In their team. And they'll get you uh, by, and if, if for some reason your team does crash and burn, you've got that high pick that you can replace those running backs with.
1: Connor, James Connor was the other mm-hmm. guy, too, that I was thinking of picking up on that seventh round. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so uh, Steelers ever, you know, fixed their running game.
0: Yeah, so I'll talk about my draft strategy real quick here, just because we're on the topic already. Mm-hmm. I went to Sean Watson, Justin Herbert, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, and Miles Gaskin. Uh, the reason I kind of went that is, you know, once I picked up David Montgomery, I saw the cliff approaching very fast. I was ecstatic to get Kareem Hunt, and um, seeing that last cliff, glimpse of kind of hope for that i took a shot on miles gaskin because i know um you know i can navigate some of the later rounds with wide receivers pretty well Uh, i know you can as well um i think this was the reason kind of why i went so running back heavy is you know you could throw these running backs in your flex you're, you're prepared for those bye weeks with those running backs all of the running backs here are uh extremely young the oldest being kareem hunt who's already he's you know he's locked into a deal for a little while so i'm not too worried about him kind of thing um and we'll talk about this real quick here the james robinson miles gaskin questions you know Do the teams pick up a running back? Uh, You'll see a lot of noise or hear a lot of noise out right now for Miles Gaskin, saying, "Oh, the Dolphins are going to pick up um, Aaron Jones, or the Dolphins are going to draft Travis Etienne, or uh, something crazy like that." You know, Um, (sighs) I think that they've got a very decent guy in Miles Gaskin, and they can use their draft picks and capital. in cap space to kind of target other areas and other needs for the team, especially if the rumors are true and they are taking a shot at, uh, Deshaun Watson. I think this is a good piece that's shown that he can do the job. You've got a backup and maybe they re-sign Breida or pick in, pull in someone a little smaller name, you know, to get the job done. One of these free agents, um, you know, fringe RB two, RB three kind of people. Um, I kind of see it as, hey, if I'm the Dolphins, I don't want to rock the ship too much by bringing in too many pieces. I've got a known guy, and he's still, you know, he's one year in the league right now. So, um, or I believe, yeah, yeah. So um, he's. I, I
1: feel the same way. I've, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a believer in James Robinson than. Mm-hmm. than Miles gaskin but i i, I will uh, agree with your assessment in both situations that i don't see any reason why these teams would go out and spend a second or third round pick on 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 a running back when yeah. they have somebody who's uh moving the ball doing what they need to do mm-hmm. um so it's just uh, uh good targets uh, i believe they're on the, the fifth round
0: area and Gaskin was drafted in the seventh round of 2019 so he's he was the last of uh 25 running backs that were taken
1: that's funny well I mean which which really you know is an argument frankly against you know him and and, and the Mm -hmm. the idea that you know that even even if the Dolphins went and grabbed a a running back in the fourth round Mm -hmm. you know that could they could put him over
0: absolutely
1: because gaskin doesn't have the 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 draft that agreed to to warrant the touches Mm -hmm. right unless he beats him out in training camp so yeah uh, the
0: only reason i would say that that's unlikely is they've got other holes that they can fix so if you've got that known commodity on a very cheap kind of rookie contract um i think you go for your other needs first right right um, so, so my my
1: one question I think our you know listeners would be um, would appreciate an answer to. It's somebody that goes for an, a strategy like yours on mm-hmm. on a dynasty league. Okay, what do you what do you what, you know? Yes, we can pick up. Uh, we can make lemonade later with some with that that sea of wide receiver threes as, as mm-hmm. i said like there's like 50 wide receiver threes right yeah i'd
0: actually uh, I'd, I'd love to argue that there's some wide receiver twos potentially wide receivers ones still out there
1: uh, well that's okay let's, uh, let's talk about <laughs> that but i think i think there would be very much strong disagreement on that so it was available because it doesn't
0: yeah. doesn't come up for me. Yeah, so um, I'm just going to read some names off. Julio Jones is still available. Adam Thielen, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett. DJ Chark is still available. And so that's an that, to me, is a very interesting one. Um, I would have almost guaranteed he would have gone in the sixth round uh, mock draft that we had, uh, especially with Trevor Lawrence coming in. Um, so that's a very interesting one. I don't know okay, what your thoughts are on him.
1: That's fine. I actually uh-huh. like DJ shark. Um, I, I, uh, what were the other, the, what those that you mentioned? I mean, Julio Jones, I mean, yeah. sure.
0: And then, want. yeah, we'll I continue. Mean, you, you
1: know how long Julio Jones is going to, you know, last, but so, so we're, we're talking about this at that point, you get one of these guys cause you're yeah. not going to get two.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the Pittman's still on the board. Woods is on the board. Rieger's on the board. Uh, OBJ, Boyd, Sutton, Mims, so we're really, Debo, Samuel. So in Samuel. my opinion,
1: outside of Sutton, right, I think uh, the Shark and Sutton are the guys in that list that I think are, are, are guys that could very well, uh, be, very easily be wide receiver twos and, and could have the potential to be wide receiver ones. Mm-hmm. Outside of them, I think um, uh, looking at a dynasty, Thing. Like if it's a redraft, then yeah, I'm taking Julio Jones, right? Yeah. Um in terms of dynasty, right? Then I'm really you know, in my opinion, you're really getting in a position where um it's gonna take you a while to find uh, those wide receiver points, I think. You mm-hmm. know, so I so so are you planning on using some of this running back depth to 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 trade for some of this these wide receiver production? Because you, you know, in my opinion, my strategy works, but the other way around doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's 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 interesting to me to see you do the, the opposite of my strategy and then still be confident that it's going to work.
0: Yeah, you know? no. So it, I think a lot it. of it is you, you've got to go on your... If you're watching film and you've, you're watching these players, you go on youth and you go strong on youth. You're not taking the older players. You're not taking the Robert Woods. You're saying, I believe that, you know, Michael Pittman is going to be a wide receiver two, wide receiver one, potentially, or Jalen Rager is going to be the face of the Eagles, or Debo Samuel, which I personally believe is going to be more valuable than Brandon Ayuk. He's going to be the one on the team. But Um,
1: don't you have to hit on all of those guys in order to compete this year, though? Like, if you miss on any of those next three picks, mm -hmm. for example, then... Then no. aren't you screwed like cause, no, cause i would say all that... three of these guys have to hit otherwise you can't really compete for a championship this year
0: right? yeah so that's why the running backs come into play i've got two good uh two good qb but i've got a solid stable of running backs i've got um david montgomery who ended as uh running back four on the year in ppr um kareem hunt who ended at uh running back 10 in ppr and standard uh and then i've got miles sanders and miles gaskin to kind of build those points up and bolster those points where the wide receivers may not have those boom games i can take some of those um <clears throat> steady eddy wide receivers and kind of build that core and let my boom come from my running back core
1: See, because I, uh, my my, uh, our, my argument and my opinion here is that both of us made mistakes. I think I made a mistake in the fifth round, and you mm-hmm. made a mistake in the sixth round. Like, I would have, you know, if I probably, I think when I made this pick, I was in a hurry with the family or something like that. Mm-hmm. Had I actually seen that james robinson was available i probably would have taken james robinson with a 506 instead of mike evans because Mm -hmm. that i think gives me the ability to have a uh uh, more flexibility of where i go with this team Mm -hmm. right um uh, and i think your mistake was taking miles gaskin with a 603 instead of at that point where you already have three running backs where Mm -hmm. as you said young and elite okay um I mean, these are all three arguably guys that could be in the top fifteen running backs, right? Absolutely, um, right. So then pivot, right, and go into towards a uh, like a uh, Kenny Galladay mm-hmm. or a, a, a Deontay Johnson or a Cortland Sutton yeah, or so... Amari Cooper, right? I mean, th- then then I think your team is a, at least starting to look a lot more balanced, yeah. and, and so... So, did, so would mine if I had taken. James Robinson rather than Mike Evans with that
0: 506 so. yeah so the the reason that I'm actually pretty high on Miles Gaskin right now is uh he looks like a three down back he behaves like a three down back he played nine games and he finished his running back 28 on the year um you know when he was playing he was playing at a very good level um uh, and you know this was a guy that I picked up off the waiver wires in one of my Debbie leagues um, and he was a strong producer throughout the year when he played so taking that shot on someone with such uh, a good showing this year and building that chemistry already with his young QB um, and allowing for those dump off passes I think that Seeing that cliff, that's where I had to go. And I can plug him in that flex position.
1: Well, I mean, you're you're plugging him into, like, a second flex position because I don't know many leagues that do yeah. three running backs and then flex, right? I mean, you've already yeah. got three, so you're... Kareem Hunt is already arguably your flex running back, right? Then you're in leagues where you're you only have to play two flex and then a super flex. I mean, mm-hmm. both of those flex positions are now taken by running backs, which is yeah. fine. Um, but then, okay, now let's go fill the other, like the two to three wide receiver spots that you usually see on yeah. on these dynasty leagues. But Absolutely. fair enough, let's, let's move on.
0: Cool. All right. So, uh, yeah, dive into yours a little bit. Um, I know that you like the... Um, Going wide receivers, I see that you went with some older wide receivers. Uh, well, older.
1: I my, I argue that they're, like, middle-age wide receivers, uh-huh. right? I mean, w- older wide receivers for me are like, you know, Julio yeah. Jones, right? <laughs> I mean. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, he's but, ancient. <laughs> I mean, let's face it.
1: I mean, Julio Jones is, is, is on the older side. Um, and but for, for me, you know, people like Hopkins was mm-hmm. 28. Allen Robinson was 27. Yeah. Um, Mike Evans was 27. I don't think these are old guys. I think these are guys that are at the at the peak yeah. of their career, um, and they're going to be productive for the next three to four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to pick guys that I believe in uh, that are young-ish, um, right? So I'm usually picking guys um, uh, that are like 24 to 28 years old, uh, mm-hmm. wide receiver-wise, to build that solid wide receiver core. But, and I t- try to pick up guys that don't miss a lot of games with injuries. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, uh, because that usually to me is also a, 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 a sign of longevity. It's uh-huh. they're they're probably going to last long in a league as well if they're not, you know, missing so many games due to injury. Uh-huh. So, uh, that, that's what I try to do is I pick up guys that are s- solid and productive, you know, wide receivers in that middle age, uh, uh sort of area but as i said if i if i had a do-over i probably wouldn't have taken mike evans with the yeah. 506 i probably would have taken james robinson and that uh-huh. way i would have taken instead i would have then instead of taking melvin gordon with a 607 i would have taken somebody like Cortland sutton yeah okay um that that would have balanced my team a little bit better uh-huh. but outside of that you know i mean if i would have, I i had the 106 um when I'm in the middle of a first round of a startup draft, if mm-hmm. Josh Allen, um, I, I want either Josh Allen or Kyler Murray. Yeah. Okay. Uh, whichever quarterback has not been taken, that's the one I'm going to take. Because um, I, I believe that there's a gap there between them and then the rest of them. Um, and if I don't get one of them, then I'm probably going to go for a running back or a wide receiver. Yeah, so, definitely.
0: So I'm going to ask you one question, then we're going to kind of talk about um, some post-draft things that we discussed uh, with the people that did the mock draft here. Um, cool. If you had your choice and both Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins were on the board at your 306, who would you take?
1: Uh, I would have taken Diggs.
0: Okay. Sounds um, good.
1: And I mean, to, to, to me, it's just like I want the guy who's in a better situation. Um, and, and just he just happens to be a year younger, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So to me, to me, to me, Diggs is in a situation to be more productive over a longer span of time than Hopkins probably is, even though I believe Hopkins is probably a better wide receiver than Diggs is overall.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, so let's uh, talk a little bit. These were some players that some of the people in the drafts thought were uh, steals of the draft. We've got Aaron Jones in the fourth, and more particularly uh, the 4-8. What are your thoughts on that one real quick?
1: Sorry, can you repeat
0: that? Aaron, Aaron Jones yeah. on the 4-8. Being the, one of the what? The... One of the steals of the draft. Yeah, I mean,
1: I guess it comes down to that... that um. I mean, I think then some people also say that Joe Mixon at four eleven was was a steal of the draft as well. Mm-hmm. Um, those are so basically those guys that can be running back ones that you're getting in the lay fourth round, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's great value if 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 that's where if I'm going, uh, if I've been going, you know, wide receiver and quarterback heavy. And I'm at the end of the fourth round, and these two guys are available. I'm thinking about pulling the trigger on one of these two guys. Yeah, right. Um, so, so I agree. Getting one of those two guys uh, at the end of the fourth round is a, is a great value because then you, you really. Um, mm-hmm.
0: And to tie in, it, to tie right. in with that, uh, another person said Joe Mixon at the. Uh, we actually got two people saying Joe Mixon at four eleven was a steal of right. the draft.
1: Yeah. Right, so those two guys, um, g- great value there at the end of the fourth round.
0: Mm-hmm. Here's one that's kind of interesting. Uh, someone said that uh, the four hundred two, Darren Waller, was a steal of the draft, especially in a tight end premium. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because one of the concerns is, you know, Darren Waller. Um, I think last year was when he kind of broke into the scene, and then this year he just continued it. Um, I mean, the, I, of, I, 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 lo- I love Darren Waller's production. Um, I, I don't hmm. know that I would...
1: I, I I mean, I don't have... Could, you, could you pull right. the
0: trigger right there?
1: No, I personally couldn't. I'm probably going to be somebody that's going to miss out on Darren Waller on startups because I can't pay that price of Titan hmm. Three that people are paying. I mean, I personally would rather have um, Andrews, Hawkinson, and Fant... Over Waller just because of the fact that those guys are like what, like mm-hmm. four to five years younger yeah, than and Waller
0: is. Fant went in the six oh five, and someone said that was a steal of the draft. But that's probably me.
1: I think that's a great value. <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that, that's 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 uh, that's a that's a great value because you're getting a twenty-three year old um, tight end one that can only become bigger and bigger and bigger and greater uh-huh. in, in my opinion from what do you from what you see on film i think that's the case of both hawkinson and Fant. it's just as fast is faster yeah. right so uh i think getting your tight end there at the i mean i would have definitely grabbed him uh-huh. had that had he lasted until the 607 you know that was my uh, that was already on my queue. Just that he was taken two mm-hmm. picks before my pick
0: and we kind of t- touched on this a little bit but uh kelsey went a little late in the third round do you think that was a big value where he was at or do you think that's just kind of about right because one person I mean, thought it was a steal
1: i think if you if you're going to try to win the the league this year and next or next year then uh getting kelsey in the third round at all is a good value
0: mm-hmm.
1: Cool. but if you're not if you're if you're like, you better have some good running backs, right? And like, if you're going wide receiver heavy in Kelsey, like, I don't think you're doing it right. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you you, you, you need you grab Kelsey when you are ready to go for that championship. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I think. Yeah,
0: and then uh, one person thought uh, Herbert at the two, 203 was a steal.
1: No, nah, I think well. that's just a Herbert fan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which which it, may, it may very well be that he's... You know, gonna be sort of a mid, first round, early first round pick next year. Mm-hmm. It could happen, you know, but it's not guaranteed. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson used to be was an, an early first, mid first round pick last year, mm-hmm. and now look where he's at. You know, middle of the second. So, um, who knows what happens to Justin Herbert next year? It's the same thing with Joe, Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, a lot of things could happen.
0: And then we also polled everybody, and we asked them which team they liked the most, other than their own team, or who had the best draft. And they said the the nine spot team had the best draft, and that team was Saquon Barkley, Lamar Jackson, Travis Kelsey, Antonio Gibson, James Robinson, and Amari Cooper, and that that won by uh, the most votes.
1: Yeah, I think you've somebody who uh, very well balanced, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've he, he, did, he didn't he did make the mistake that you made, in my opinion, of grabbing that <laughs> last guy being... Like, if you're going to miss on wide receivers in the first five rounds, uh-huh. grab that guy on the sixth, right? Like, you went Amari Cooper, who can very easily be a solid wide receiver one. So he uh-huh. essentially has, like, arguably three running back ones, D tight end one, a quarterback one, a wide receiver one, and then... You know could very well pick up uh, 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 any of these upcoming quarterbacks here and then navigate you know the the sea of wide receiver threes for uh, players to play uh, for wide receivers to play on any weekly basis you know mm-hmm. uh, on two and three so uh so yeah solid solid team and in my opinion wasn't the best team but 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 i can see why people thought it was
0: mm-hmm. so and then the votes for the um team that had the worst draft was uh, the 11th spot and that was uh, Devontae Adams, Clyde Edwards Allaire, Calvin Ridley Darren Waller, Chris Carson and Derek Carr and like you said and I kind of agree it's kind of a hodgepodge of players kind of tossed together Uh, I think Derek Carr is the blaring gross spot of the team Um, yeah I
1: just think it's it's, uh, not well put together Right. Mm-hmm. I mean it's just um maybe the, the players themselves uh might be um values where they were picked. Um I don't think they were. Like, um I don't think Clyde Edwards Delaire two or two is necessarily a great value. Or, um, as I said, they're on Wall or a Four or two. Mm-hmm. Um and, and then waiting until the sixth round for a quarterback and, and, and getting their car I think is yeah, you're, you're you're setting yourself up to be at the bottom of the the standings, I
0: think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think one of the sneakiest teams in here is that you got to be careful of is the 108 position. Personally, um, that one's got Dalvin Cook, Russell Wilson, AJ Brown, oh, okay. Austin Eckler, Tua, and Fant.
1: <laughs> I think it's a great team. Yeah. Totally great team. You know, well again another well balanced, well put together team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, full of young talent. not not any one, like, old guy outside of, like, Russell Wilson, right? Mm -hmm. He's not that old.
0: No. Yeah, he's young, (laughs) especially QB-wise. Right. All right, well, that that does it for our mock draft. Uh, Hopefully our discussions on, you know, some strategies and whatnot kind of pay off. Um, You know, I personally believe there's a lot of value at the wide receiver position late. Um, I think there's a very evident and clear cliff for running backs and uh same thing for QBs if you don't get your QBs you're gonna be left uh hurting later so uh any kind of last thoughts on this um before we head out
1: yeah I think you and I agree on the quarterbacks I think you and I uh differ wildly in terms of the what we think uh we can make uh, you know put together out of that sea of wide receiver threes um that never-ending sea of wide receiver threes, um, because I just don't really trust my ability to hit three out of three late mm-hmm. in like six, seven, eight, or something like that, or seven, eight, nine rounds. Um, it, because for me, I don't have to guess on the running back. If I go, if I go, if I wait until running back later, I don't have to guess on it. I just wait until I see a running back that's. That that's already produ- produ- producing, and when mm-hmm. I'm ready to go for a championship, then I go and buy him, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, my that, my 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 strategy is certainly contingent on uh, trading for a running back when mm-hmm. I'm ready to when I'm ready to make a run. Yeah, uh, so and, I would say that.
0: And one thing that we didn't do in this draft, which we highly recommend in all startups, is try to trade back, especially in the first round um we didn't allow any trades in this because we wanted to see where things would lie but uh our recommendations would be try to trade back if you can try to get multiple seconds thirds and fourths and see if you can't uh make something really good out of your team
1: yeah especially if there's nobody on the board that you're absolutely dying for like if i'm if i was at the 106 honestly and and uh uh, the 104 instead of taking... If he took Josh Allen, uh, Kyler Murray instead of Josh Allen and I was at the 106, I might not trade back and I might take uh-huh. Josh Allen there just because Josh Allen should have taken been taken earlier. So he's already a value as, as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh-huh. The, so if you, if, you, if you see a value, I think you take it. But if you don't, go and create value. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, always be trying to create value. Always be trying to... Uh, you know use others desire for a player to create value for your team Mm
0: -hmm. all right then that wraps this episode um next week we're going to be diving into some of the 2021 rookie qbs so uh we're going to be uh neck deep in uh tape (laughs) these next coming weeks um so we look forward to uh bringing that to you guys get a little bit ahead of the curve so that you guys can be informed on uh what's coming out next year um as always you can follow me on twitter at dynasty and
1: i am at the dynasty dawn
0: and have a good one good night peace